Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon, Joey. We're doing a pod. It's Time for that pod. Late Talking. Monday pod, pre-NCAA basketball finals pod. Yeah, man. We'll, How about we'll, that? We'll, we'll roll right into it here. How about that Duke-UNC game? Yeah. I think we all expected it was going to be good. It was it was an yeah. all-timer. Absolutely amazing. And that's the way Coach K goes out. Not going to lie. I kind of love it. And, and for the record, I've always rooted against, usually, I, like, I don't know how many years I've rooted against Duke and UNC. Yeah, but I, but I was pulling for UNC. I don't know. I just like that they, like his rival ended, ended his career at Cameron, ended his career coaching. It's weird because like Coach K is kind of the Tom Brady of coaches, and you love to be like, I don't know. I just want to see history, man. I just like seeing goat shit. I just like seeing, you know, you want him to go out on top. And then Duke, you're like, fuck that dude. No, no, I'm not saying that. I, you know, I, I, I just, I don't know. I think, I think it was cool. I like Carolina. I like how they play. I love that it's Hubert Davis's first year. Like to me, I know they're North Carolina and I know they're a blue blood and they have a history, but I don't care. It's your first year and you make it to the championship game. Like that is something to be, you know, that's such an accomplishment. I don't care who you are. They were an eight seed, which again, I didn't follow it like you closely enough. I'm seeing them. How are they an eight seed? Like they're yeah. a really good team. Yeah. And for the record, Coach K, Coach K, okay, you get get ready, third balls, get ready for an Andy Ruther hot take off the start. I think Brady Brady's is way more impressive than Coach K career. I'm just saying, Coach K's got five titles. And how many titles does the who has the most titles in NCAA basketball history? It's got to be Wooden, right? I'm just saying, like Duke. Duke has had some teams. Like, I don't know. You got to remember though, Coach K also like during those. You know, there was the there was the original kind of Coach K run. How many did he get right out of the gate? And then guys start going to the league after a year, after two years. So Wooden has 11. Coach K is five. Dean Smith, two. Roy Williams, three. I mean, look, I'm not saying anything away from his career. He, He had a great career. He's also had some amazing talent. Yeah, that's part of his career. Yeah. I, I, to this day, don't know about coaching. Like, I don't understand. Co- like, 
the percentage when it comes to a college coach of recruiting versus coaching. I think it's tough to tell a lot of times. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, I think it's fair to say at this point, John Calipari, great recruiter, probably not the best coach. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've known that for a long time. Um, but coach K is one of those guys you're like, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, you know, he seems like maybe, but then you have these guys, these coaches for like the mid majors that, get a bunch of seniors on their team and they make a run. And then those guys always end up getting a big job and then they wash out. So, you know, coach K is a guy who's had a job at one of the elite schools for a long time. He's always there. He's won five times, you know, he's right up there. No, especially especially when you, when you consider like, you know, Wooden did like Kareem and Walton, I mean, yeah, that's, I think that's five championships right there, right? It's a lot. I don't know, but it's a lot. I mean, we know from last night's winning time, Kareem won three there. Yeah, for sure. Good, good episode. Good show. I like it. I, I like seeing the, the history of the Lakers. And uh, I have the book now. So I'm, I'm plowing through that. And I think I'm hearing rumors we might get the author, Jeff Perlman, on our show. There's there's talks. Negotiations have begun. We have tentative dates planned. Uh, Jeff, great dude from right by where I'm from in uh, in Westchester, a couple towns over, was on the wrote the the, you know, elite 1986 Mets book. The bad guys won wrote an awesome USFL book, which I interviewed him for about on the Joe Prano podcast, where we, we found out that we have a, not only linked by our 914 uh, childhoods, but also we are both very good friends with two separate members of the uh, infamous rapping boy band, Bad Ronald, the what would have been this, the the next coming of the Beastie Boys, although their album drops on 9 11, 2001. We're, we're friends with two separate guys, Doug Ray, who's obviously provided a lot of uh, podcast jingles for me over the years. And um, so that just a lot of Jeff Perlman connections. So I reached out to him and he's, he's thrown us a tentative date to come on and talk winning time. Yeah, I'm stoked. Like I said, I, I bought Showtime. Everybody should buy it. And it's, it's on Amazon. It's on everywhere. But uh, it's one of those, I told you before the show, that you can't put it down. So, like, you know, it's, 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 it's a fairly lengthy book. I think it's like 450, 475 pages. But, like, the first, like I'm 40 pages in, and it went like that. Like, I had to put the book down to go to bed, and I didn't want to. So, yeah, I, I look forward to talking with him about that and about the show and – all these wild stories about the Lakers and the dynasty and how everything came to fruition. But you're right. Going back to what we're talking about college basketball, Kareem got, you know, his start obviously at UCLA and, and wouldn't has to be the best coach of all time. Sure. Right. I mean, I mean, even, you know, you talk about like it's, it's kind of that it's very, uh, it's very similar to the Bill Russell, versus the Jordan sort of LeBron comparison. It's like he has 11, but he has 11 in a time where 
couple, he gets a couple of like the elite big men, you know, guys that are like above and beyond what anybody had seen prior to that and gets them in there. And during that era gets it. But like we said, recruiting is a big part of it, but um, certainly a time, obviously he develops, uh, he has a great system. By the we, way, real quick. Know. Sorry. He won 10, not 11. 10 wrong. So, but you know, a big chunk of that is getting two elite big men who basically single-handedly take him to championships. He won 10 titles in his last 12 years before retiring. That's unbelievable. 10 titles from 64 to 75, including seven straight. Yeah. So Bill won two and three time national player of the year. That's a dynasty right there. That'll, that'll never, ever happen. The closest thing we'll see to that, that we have seen that in college sports has been Alabama under Nick Saban. And they're not winning that many in a row. I mean, I mean, that's, that's absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I mean, Kareem won 67, 68, 69. He's the most, you know, he's the three-time national college player of the year, 67, 68, 69. And then you get Walton, 72, 73, 74. So you get a three-year break between two big men that are three-time national players of the year. That's yes. bananas. That's pretty wild. I mean, has anybody ever been four-time national player of the year? Yeah. Can't be. Can't be. Well, it will now because with guys going pro. Yeah. That's nuts. I do think Kansas is going to win tonight. You do? I do. I'm betting the house on North Carolina. I'm rooting for North Carolina. I'm rooting for North Carolina. I just think. But you think Kansas wins? Well, I feel like they've flown under the radar as weird as that is being a one seed. And, you know, they dominated Nova. I know Nova was out with one of their star players, but like they've looked pretty good this tournament. I do think they win. I think I think it's tough that that game is so there's so much emotional energy when you play your rival. And I think it's I'm not saying like you're not up for the championship game. Of course, you're going to be up for it. But I think like emotionally, it's just draining to come back again two days later. Yeah. And bring that same energy. But I will be rooting for Carolina. It is funny, like, because I think Bill Self, and then I think I know Bill Self in Kansas, they were in the middle of all that Adidas scandal, and just nobody, like, nobody's even talking. Not that I care. Nobody's even talking about it. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty stereotypically college basketball. Yeah. I'm, I'm making an adjustment to my setup here and going full Dirk with the holding the microphone. Hold on. Hey, do it. It's not, it's not a bad look from one of the legends of NBA history. I did just get a text from Randy Ruther. Yeah, how's Randy doing? We haven't heard from him. You better give love to the 2022 NIT champions. Too funny. Which is who? Ohio State? No, Xavier. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. What's the equivalent of winning the NIT? Making out with your second cousin? Like, what's the equivalent? No, I feel like it's more honorable than like I think the NIT 
is like a good tournament. You do? Because here's the thing. I think the winner of the NIT is, I mean, it's, it is better than a lot of teams that get in. Don't you think? I, I do. Because those, you know, you get the, you got whoever wins the Patriot League doesn't necessarily belong in the top 64 teams in the country. And that's me. That's coming from me, a Patriot leaguer. Um, because I've, I, you know, the NIT, is it still at the garden every year? Yeah. Well, this is a lot. The contract ends this year and it had been there since the early thirties. And now they're saying most likely next year is Vegas or I forget where else. So it's finally going to end. So the reason I bring it up is I, I've gotten to many an NIT game at the garden growing up. And the thing about NIT games that I remember specifically is a lot of times it would be schools that are, you know, big ish schools, like, you know, major schools uh, that didn't put together their best team, but a lot of times have like an elite player. Sure. Um, and that's it. But the thing is, you see it, we've seen it in the NCAA tournament all the time where an elite player carries a team basically by themselves, you know, yeah. to, to the Sweet 16, to the Elite Eight. So I, I, w- I bet you over the years, there's there's been some Sweet 16 teams that won the NIT that had that kind of ability. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. No, the, no, the, I know. The NIT's the NIT's not the worst basketball tournament ever. No, no, it's not. I just think like my point was saying is the equivalent of making out with your cousin because as a player, I agree with you. You're just like oh. you're like you're like making out with a woman is going to the NCAA tournament. Incest is the NIT. Yeah. That, that was your I, I don't know. I, that's why I'm asking. I don't know what the equivalent is. I think I think I think the equivalent is something more like uh, you know, when you go to a restaurant and you're like, Can I get a Coke? And instead of being like, Oh, we don't have Coke, we have Pepsi, they're like, Oh, sorry, we don't have Coke, we have tab. You know? Sorry, yeah. we don't have we don't have Coke, we have RC Cola. And you're like, excuse me? You mean Pepsi, right? And they're like, no. What do you mean you don't have Coke? What kind of what? establishment is this? I mean, I was already mad that you were going to serve me Pepsi. Now that you, now you're serving me Kirkland Cola? <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah! Dude, so my little brother wants to go on a Vegas trip with Goldberg. For I, think March I think everybody who's ever listened to the show wants to go on a Vegas trip. With he's like, he texts me. He's like, dude, next year, March Madness. Let's go with Maddie. And I'm like, okay, man. But I, but I go part of the experience of just driving from LA. Like we're going to fly. We're going to how's, how's Maddie getting there? Like, how's he getting there? If I'm not driving. him? Yeah. Well, you should, you should fly to LA and drive Maddie. That's part of the experience. Yeah. By the way, I'm, I'm holding my microphone on a stick. Like I'm uh like I'm fucking triumph. The insult comic dog. Yes, this is a great podcast for me to poop on. I love Triumph, man. That's right yeah. up my alley of, of He's, humor. It was so good. Yeah, I saw him live. I saw him live in Las Vegas. <laughs> is it just like a hand coming over through a table? Yeah, I've actually, I know we've talked about this on the show before, if you go back. But yeah, I got a bunch of free tickets. They used to do uh, the comedy festival there. And when I worked at Caesars, you know, we'd get comp tickets to a lot of shit. 
and I saw a bunch of comics one night. It was just like, you got all free comics one night. It was like Jim Gaffigan, Harlan Williams, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, uh, Frank Caliendo. And yeah, so what happens is, and this was at the Coliseum where Celine and Elton perform. I forget who has the contract now. So on already a giant stage is a small little like little stage. Yeah. And the puppet's out goes up through it and he's like hiding behind it like i couldn't really, i actually had good seats but i was high up i was more uh you know central location for the show but yeah and then he just makes jokes and he just rips on people and then he'll rip on people in the crowd or make fun of stuff yeah i, I come to think of it i don't really remember what the hell how was his set what the hell is he talking about <laughs> he's like yes yes i'm in vegas okay yeah, I'm going to get a hooker tonight. Just a couple of different bitches. It's that's, that's, that's literally what it is. And you know what? Here, the craziest part. I don't remember who I went with a couple people I worked with, and I definitely enjoyed Triumph the most. Like of those three or four coworkers, because it's, I picked it, up a multi poo at New York, New York last night. Turns out she was a working bitch. I'm not sure at this point if I didn't see you. Are was that yeah. you? Was that you behind the stage? Were you triumph? Is that still a thing? Triumph? No, because Conan's not a thing. That's what I'm saying. With Conan not yeah. being around, what the fuck is Triumph doing? Speaking of blast from the past, I have to play the OJ Simpson clip. You're a boy. Dude. Now you sent me this. Did you see it? Just like did you just see it yourself on Twitter? Did somebody send it to you? I just randomly saw. I follow OJ on Twitter, but I don't like go to his stuff. Right. And how, I, many, how many different murderers do you think you follow? It's a great question, right? It's probably the only murderer. Let's define murder. Some someone who murdered somebody. <laughs> I'm trying to think about do I follow any like presidents or ex-presidents? Like you could technically meet like, oh, you're yeah, you're a murderer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I would say. Direct. He's probably the only one. I, I bet you he's not. I bet you he's not. I bet you follow at least one other. How many people you follow on Twitter? Not many. On Twitter, I only follow. Let's see here. 525 people. He's got to be the only murderer. It's got to be another murderer in the mix there. Maybe. But I saw this. You don't follow Ray Lewis? No, I don't. I knew you were going to say that. I don't follow Ray Lewis. But when I saw this, I just, I couldn't, like, I had so many questions. Because why is he doing this? And why is he showing it? So for the record, he shows up to Leslie Nielsen's gravesite. Yeah. So are you going to play the whole thing? Because he basically, he says he's somewhere in Florida and he's at like a bar or something. And somebody tells him basically Leslie Nielsen's like buried near here. And he's like, well, yes, I got to go. Juice has got to run. Little Twitter world. It's yours truly. OJ Simpson. And, and I, and the thing is, it's so weird to me. What's up cemetery. It's but, OJ. He's doing a, a selfie. Well, he always does the selfie videos. But the thought, again, like this guy's dead. So 
now now you're bringing his family into this see that's all i'm thinking like dude his family's just minding their own business like his kids or whoever and suddenly oj shows up to his grave and he's like i'm gonna tell you a story about the time he acted like he farted but he had a whoopee cushion and it's so dude i don't care if it wasn't oj who's doing this who's showing up to someone's grave and doing a but that's selfie but video? that's why it happens is because only somebody like oj would be like this is totally it. like oj killed two people and then joined twitter it's like, wild what o- oj on twitter is like hey um juice i hate to be you know a, a buzzkill but m- you know maybe you shouldn't be on twitter since at this point you're most famous for being a murderer yeah well i am gonna play it and it's just so funny to me because it's it's so ridiculous that again i i, I still watch these things and i'm like is this real life Cause he's so happy, dude. He's the happiest double murderer I've ever seen. The, well, he's, the, he, he was never convicted, and he's just so happy. So this is what he's saying, and, and obviously, real quick, as we know, love Naked Gun, love the, all the Naked Gun movies, and uh, that's why to me it's like even crazier. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. And what is a uh, an unusual spot, as you can see? I spent a lot of t- for the record. You all have to watch the, the video. It obviously does more justice, but it's still funny. Time this time of the year in South Florida. I'm in Fort Lauderdale, and a guy on the beach said, "You know, a good friend of yours is um, his final resting place was only five minutes away." And I had said, "Who?" And he told me, "Who." I couldn't believe it, and I came over here, and Leslie Nielsen, one of the funniest, nicest people I've ever met, and look at Leslie, he's got a bench. <laughs> got a bench? <laughs> you know, it's typical Leslie. Leslie was great. Wait, he goes, it's typical, what's typical Leslie, that he has a bench? I, I, I just like, he goes, he goes, he got a bench, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> Typical Leslie. You got a bench. It's crazy. Great. We did three naked gun movies together. Leslie was the kind of guy he was always trying to crack you up. You know, if you had a close up and he was talking to you and it was over the shoulder, he'd be making faces, doing everything to try to get you to laugh. But the funniest time I uh, thing that ever happened to me with, with Leslie was... I think we, I don't know if we were at Paramount or somewhere, but we're going up the elevator and we get in the elevator. There's a couple of ladies and a guy in the elevator. The door closes and he says to me, oh, juice, I shouldn't have ate that burrito. And he lets out this like a triple decker. Now, can we, th- like, what is he talking about? Like, first of all, it sounds like you're doing a burp, but you're doing a yeah. fart. What is a triple? <laughs> sounds like he's doing the intro to a Rasta song. He's like, <laughs> he's like, Leslie got in the thing. And he's like, not a mercy. 
what the fuck is he talking about? And then he says triple decker. Is he, is he eating a sandwich? What, what, is he farting? Just what a is- triple decker. I've never heard a fart referred to as a triple decker. Okay, OJ, keep telling us the story. Now, I know Leslie, and everybody that knows Leslie knows he's always got this whoopee cushion with him. And we know that's what it is, but the people in the elevator didn't. And you should have seen their faces. And then he apologizes to them. And as we're about to get out of the elevator, he lets the longest one you've ever heard. <laughs> 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 oh, you got the croup in the middle of the story? You know what's great? He's fake laughing. Yeah. Like OJ right now is fake. Dude, you're fake laughing. This isn't a real I, all laugh. I can all I can think about. This is yesterday, right? Correct. This is a Sunday afternoon at a 12, 1227 20, p.m. So somebody after church goes to visit their dead relatives at a cemetery in Florida. And they're like, Mom, she's like, yeah, honey, I think that might be O.J. Simpson over there doing a TikTok." <laughs> I think so OJ, I think OJ might be over there uh, filming a Rasta video. Lot of mercy. I can't. This is too much. It's so true. Twelve thirty on a Sunday afternoon, when most people just go visit a loved one. Oh God, let me finish this up. And these ladies are going, oh, oh, my God, you know, and I'm outside the elevator looking back in and they're covering their noses as if they can smell something. But I know it's a joke and I think Leslie is going to tell them, oh, no, it's just but he doesn't. And that elevator door closed. I look over at Leslie said, I can't believe you didn't let them know you were just kidding. But that was Leslie. And I'm sure they're telling that story to this day. Great guy. Leslie, buddy, rest in peace. I mean, I don't think that that they're telling the story the same way OJ thinks they're telling that story. I don't think these ladies are going around like, I, you know, I used to work at, at Paramount as a secretary. And one time, Leslie Nielsen, famous uh, for his 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 naked gun series, he fought it in the elevator with me. I think what's happening is the other lady's like, Susan, you're leaving out the best part. Remember, we were secretaries at Paramount and we got in the elevator and there was the murderer fellow there. <laughs> and the one guy fought it and the murderer fellow didn't murder him. Fought it. He gave us a triple decker. And that guy went out to slaughter his wife and a waiter. I mean, it's so true. It's so true. Oh, my God. I just. Here's the thing, man. You always tell the story about the guy farting, but you never tell the story about the guy with a bloody knife. Oh, I I can't get enough, man. Like, I know it wore off for a lot of people since he joined Twitter, but there are people out there. Shout out to my little brother, because he's the same way where we just laugh and people say I'm crazy. Because I'm like, this is too much. This is too funny. It's it's just it's like a again, it's like a time warp. I know. And what's crazy is like that people get like 
I, I'm always amazed at what people get upset about and what they don't get upset about. You know what I mean? They're like, Louis CK won a Grammy. I'm like, yo, OJ's on Twitter, guys. <laughs> Louis CK jerked off in front of some people. They gave him an award for his comedy album. We're just letting a guy who like turned his wife into a Pez dispenser walk the streets and use social media. It is crazy, man. It's nuts. And I, I saw that the other day. So he goes, Louis C.K. got a Grammy. How dare they? I'm like, Mike, Michael Jackson has 11 of them. Yeah, I know, man. God, I never thought of what you were saying about the Sunday after church. I just can't, I can't even imagine being at my parents' gravesite and being all serious and like weepy eyed. And you look over and OJ's got his phone up, just you know doing his thing and you're like what the fuck is happening and the crazy part is i think he's being honest i think he was at the beach he said i was at the beach and my friend was like you gotta leave right now and i just did i get that that content content is king but i don't know what he's doing because he's not monetizing it that that's what i that's what i haven't figured out with not yet i mean how, how long is he gonna wait like, how long are you going to wait? I, I just don't get it. I just don't get it, Juice. You're crazy, man. You're crazy. Speaking of monetizing and money, I learned something. I've learned a few interesting things about his old employer, the NFL, as far as how money's handled. And I think you're going to, you might find this interesting, something I never knew. I'm going to play a call real quick about how guaranteed money works with players in the NFL. Cause okay. I think, it, I think it's fascinating. What's up boys. Interesting thing about the, the Sean Watson contract, listening to the radio, they're saying that the owners aren't only all, uh, angry about the fact that it was uh, $230 million to somebody who had all those civil cases and all the information there and come out about how long he could be suspended. But also, all of uh, guaranteed money for NFL teams has to be put in an escrow account. So the Cleveland Browns have committed $230 million in cash uh, to this, and they were just saying that uh, some NFL teams or lots of NFL teams don't have the liquidity to be able to just put up $230 million in a bank account and be able to pay their players over the years. Uh, I just think it's really interesting that that is part of the CBA and part of the uh, Players Association. They agreed to that. Pretty interesting. So have fun and uh, stay dirty. Thank you, John Smith, for that tidbit of information. And I, I did not know that. I did not. I did not know that. Yeah, it's fascinating. So this is how it works. He's right. So this is in relation to the CBA. So any guaranteed money above 15 million must go into an escrow account. And this article that I pulled up talking about it, which is a recent article, that's exactly what it's saying. What he said in the call is it creates, with that contract being so big and now the pending contracts of, let's say, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, the argument is, Dude, I don't know if some of these teams will have that amount of cash readily available. And that's what the article is saying. It specifically says Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray. And it brings up each team's financial situation. And it's saying, look, 
do the Chargers just have that on cat that cash on hand? Right now they don't. They're technically in debt right now. So that's wild. Something I, I I also think we found Juice's next crime. He's like, you'll tell me they got all that money in escrow. I'm gonna be escrow Jay. I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna rob escrow. They're like, it's not a real. It's not like a actual place. I think we should OJ eleven it. Me get ten friends, just like George Clooney did, and we escrow Jay. Well, I go in with a mask and a knife, and I rob escrow. Dude, it's crazy. Like it really is because if you don't have it, how do you pay it? Like, like I never knew that. And uh, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. And another interesting thing that came out, speaking of money, we might finally have the death sentence for Daniel Schneider because it's come out that Daniel Schneider did something that I would see straight out of a mafia or mob movie. He kept two books to hide team finances Congress is currently investigating the Commodore Commodores, the commanders. I don't even know, care what they're called. Commodores commanders right now. The Commodores. <laughs> Wasn't that just something they have? Uh, hello, Commodore. No, it's the uh, it's the group. It's the, it's the soul group from the 70s. Yeah. By, by the way, much, much better mascot. Yeah. by Lionel Richie. <laughs> well, he was in the Commodores, right? I don't know. Was he? Yeah, I think he was in the Commodores. I'd play yeah. a clip. Wasn't he in the Commodores? Yeah, a lot. Of, yeah, he was at some point. You're right. You know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I don't know any Commodore songs off the top of my head. Yeah, though. you do. Yeah, I mean, I'm do. sure I do, but I don't. But off the top of my head, I don't. I can't play it because we're on YouTube and and. Uh, Sunday morning, you know. Yeah. You know Sunday morning. It's actually sure. great. It's actually a great song. Anyway. <laughs> the, great- uh, the that's what the fucking that's what the Redskins should have become. The Commodores. That's what I'm on saying. the way on the way into the stadium, everybody's like, easy. Easy like Sunday morning at FedEx Field. That's what I'm saying. They should have. So Daniel Snyder thought keeping two books and robbing the NFL was going to be easy. <laughs> I just, again, I refuse to believe that they didn't know about this. So let me explain this because it gets kind of confusing, but it's really not that confusing. So NFL teams, which is something else I did not know until I read this article. I did not know that. NFL teams do not keep all of their ticket revenue as far as the home team. And they don't share it with the away team. You would think that would be the thing they would do. They don't. So this is how it works. When an NFL team has a home game, 40% of the gate of every game goes into a league-wide pool that is equally given out to all 32 teams. So 31 teams in this case, right? Because there's one team as the home team. So 40% of that money that they make on tickets goes out to the other 31 teams. Now, home teams do get to deduct 15% of the total ticket revenue for expenses. So basically 
the net split is 60-40. We take 60%, the rest of the league splits 40. They're saying Schneider was not giving that 40% out to the other 31 teams. So according to sources, if this is true, he was getting his 40% from the other 31 teams, but not ponying up his 40% to the other teams. Now, I think this is crazy that he could be hiding this from other owners who all they care about is money. Right. Which makes me come to this conclusion. I think you might be on board on this. Are they keeping him around because he knows too much and they don't want him talking? Right. He knows something else. Something else about the NFL? Like Jerry Jones has a sex island or something? I mean, at this point, what's going on in the NFC East? Jerry Jones, I mean, that's what's come out this offseason is Jerry Jones has a sex island where he keeps all his illegitimate children. And Daniel Snyder is just robbing the NFL. Just robbing. Not Again, not just. The Eagles, the Eagles owners just spitting on children as they come into his stadium. <laughs> By the way, I have even... it's nice to be the class of the class of the division. Yeah, too bad you guys can't win. Yeah. Oh, that's all changing real soon, Andy. Well, the Jerry Jones thing has actually, and I'll just go over it briefly. Since our last episode, more has come out. You know how they said he had paid a couple hundred grand? No. Jones has now paid nearly $3 million to the woman who says she's the biological father. He also, dude, this is wild. But there's another, there was another paternity thing that came out this off season, right? Wasn't there a different woman that came out? No, this is her. Okay. Dude, you're going to love is, this. This is, is it, just the American Airlines woman? Yeah, this is the American Airlines woman's daughter. Okay. Who's, who's 25. So now it's been leaked from Jerry Jones's actual lawyer. Dude, when I read these quotes, you're going to die. Jerry Jones... For this woman, the American Airlines flight attendant's daughter, who's named Alexandra Davis, he's given $3 million to her, including her full, full tuition at SMU, a $70,000 Range Rover on her 16th birthday, and a trip to, let's see here, a trip to Paris. I love that it's just, <laughs> Jerry Jones is just giving her the showcase showdown. He's like, yeah, a new car, which you'll drive to the airport for your round trip to Paris. That's not all, Alexandra. You'll Dude. learn French for your trip during four years at SMU. <laughs> That's a great point. This is wild. Dude, but this work gets even funnier. So this is coming from Jerry Jones' lawyer. So you'd say, okay. All right, Alexandra, what is your bid on the Showcase Showdown? Um, I, I, I bid $1 and the fact that Jerry Jones is my father. That's right. You win. <laughs> they won't admit it, though. They still won't admit I'm going to read a direct quote. This is too much. So this is from Jerry Jones' lawyer. He says, on numerous, on numerous occasions, 
I have made payments on behalf of Mr. Jones to Cindy and Alex and Alex Davis. Jack said in a statement. <laughs> Did you just call her Alex first? <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was. Rutherism. <laughs> and his daughter, Alex. <laughs> Dude, I'm trying to read too much. So his lawyer, who is, uh, what's his lawyer's name? Does it does it really matter? Um, sorry, I'm trying to find his lawyer's name so I don't fuck that up, even though I've already messed everything up. All right, Don Jack. I mean, what a great lawyer name. Don Jack. Don Jack. That's his lawyer, Don Jack. So he, again, is saying, on numerous occasions, I have made payments on behalf of Mr. Jones to Cindy and Alex Davis. There we go. He says, uh, for monthly payments for child support, which ultimately totaled over $2 million. Jones has not acknowledged that Davis is his biological father. Asked why he used the term child support in his statement, Jack said, I use the term child support because that's what the agreement calls it. When asked if child support payments indicate that Jones is Davis's father, Jack paused for five seconds before saying, I am not going to answer that one. My statement speaks for itself. So literally it's written for child support and Jerry Jones and his lawyer are refuse. <laughs> Dude, again, is, is this reality? They're refusing yeah. to admit that this is his daughter. It's like, it, going, it's like going to the fucking get pizza and being like, how much is it? And the guy's like $18. You're like, ah, you know what? I think you should give it to me free, but here's 18 as a tip for you. <laughs> this is for you. Appreciate the free pizza. He's like, it's not free, sir. You're paying for it. He's like, no, nah, you keep this for yourself. Sir, I'm just going to put that in the cash register because you're it's you buying a pizza. No, no, no. I'm taking this pizza for free and I appreciate it. So this is a little bit for you. A little. Just put this in your pocket. Dude, it's absolutely. Sir, I'm just going to give you a receipt that says it's for pizza. I don't need it. You can't tax tips. So that's for you. Yeah, it's wild. Like you said, what is going on in the NFC East? It's like Jerry Jones is just using Venmo. <laughs> he's just like, he's like, listen, I'm just going to make the note uh, uh, for anal. <laughs> Butt stuff. <laughs> Can you just put child support in the note? He's like, no, nah, we'll just do a goofy one. It's pretty funny, though, man. And with the stuff happening with Washington. If true, and they don't get rid of Dan Schneider, that's the only logical explanation. They don't want him revealing what really goes on or some other wild shit in the NFL. Because if he was, if he was scamming 31 other owners, you know how tight those guys are. Yeah. As far as with their money. I don't know. As a Giants fan, you probably want Schneider there as long as possible. And Jones. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best. I mean, it's Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Yeah. Just just at owners meetings, like throwing shots at each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hey, Schneider, how the Commodore's doing? It's like, funny you should say that, Jerry. 
I heard you paid your daughter once, twice, three times a million. <laughs> I mean, he legit is giving her prices right for the child support. It's wild. Trips to Paris. Oh, she also I didn't even read one. She also got a trip to to uh, to study abroad after she graduated. I, I honestly think he was watching the prices. Right? <laughs> he was like, how do I pay off this girl? How do I pay her off? And how are you going abroad to London on your new pontoon boat? <laughs> Hell, throw in some McRiddles. I don't care. Give her a McDonald's franchise. I don't care. Those teams will never succeed with those guys owning them. Like never. Not even close. In fact, I bet you they've won a combined. I just love I love if he I, I would love if Jerry Jones was just like bringing this up and like we we got to pay Dak or he's going to leave. It's like, well, let's give him 40 million. I gave my daughter three million. Fuck it, I don't even like her. <laughs> but it's not my 40, daughter. 40 million seems like a right number to me. It's unbelievable. Is it really is, man? I, I can't get enough of it, Prano. I can't get enough of this. It, it again, it's so ridiculous. The lawyer will not even admit. It's like Bill Clinton during the Monica Lewinsky when he says, "Define what the word is." Is yeah, you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Crazy times, Joe. Crazy times. Luckily. I have our friends at Harry's to keep me looking sane and fresh. How do you like nice. that segue? Nice. Not the best that I've not ever done. Best. Nice. Definitely not the best, but hey. You know how Daniel Snyder was skimming off the top from the NFL? Well, if you need to skim off of the top of your face a little bit, make sure you use Harry's razors. That's how you do it, Joe. I appreciate <laughs> I I threw up a wild pass for an alley-oop. <laughs> and you you took it and you dunked it. And I, I, and gra- I, really- I, I grant Hill in the in the 90 final four that pulled it from back here. Yeah. Still somehow got it down. I, I appreciate that. And, yeah, and, no and I'm glad that you and I'm glad that you mentioned NCAA basketball and, and the tournament and everything, because, uh, you know, Harry's was an underdog, as you know, they came out of nowhere. I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of them. We started working with them back in 2015. There were, a, there were a, a bunch of other blue blood razor companies that we will not name during this things a lot of one seeds out there correct harry's razor started as like a 14 you know st peter's totally yeah and now they took down the champs they really have guys and went at the big boys and they survived and they just sent me one of their new trial sets which i love i believe you should have got some too and guys, if you have not taken advantage of this, you really should. New, tu- new customers can redeem a Harry's trial set for just $3 when you go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports. And I've been using them for six, seven years. So is Joe. It really gets you a nice, close, comfortable shave and uh, lots of savings over time. Once again, Harry's is giving their best offer to all the listeners. That's you, Dirtballs. New Harry's customers can redeem a starter set. You get a five-blade razor, a weighted handle, foaming shave gel with aloe, and a travel cover to protect your blades when you're on the go. That's a $13 value for just $3. There's truly never been a better time 
to go to harrys.com forward slash dirty sports to try Harry's today. So go ahead and do that. All right. Let's talk a little NBA. Love it. Season finishing up here, Joe. Lots of surprises, I would say. Absolutely. Lots of of disappointments. Absolutely. And lots of teams that I don't think people saw performing at the level that they're performing at. And I think one of those teams is the Memphis Memphis Grizzlies. No doubt about it. But, um, yeah, the Memphis Grizzlies – they're not just are they 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 didn't just get John Morant a few years ago and put a bunch of talent around. It. I mean they've they've drafted well in recent history, but the the leap from you know uh, lottery team to borderline playoff team to two seed in a in a difficult West has been quicker than anybody has seen. And I, I think most uh, exciting if you're a Memphis Grizzlies fan is how quick it happened and the future that you've got ahead of you. That's what it's like. You didn't even, it's like you looked at the rundown, but I know you didn't because we got a call. <laughs> yeah, yeah a, I, that's great. Thank you. We got a call about the Memphis Grizzlies and their future and what they're, what they're building down there. What's up, fellas? This is Jew boy. I was calling about the uh, Memphis Grizzlies just seeing um they are now 20 and 2 and they just beat the number one seed Suns without Ja Morant um as we all know Ja Morant is unbelievable top maybe 10 player in the league now have you ever seen a team um do something like this without their best player and I'm starting to wonder if they are going to be the next San Antonio Spurs I just it just feels um like they kind of got that vibe um, their coach obviously knows what the fuck he's doing, and uh, they got that superstar in Morant, and just need to build off of it. So twenty and two, just beat the number one seed Spur or Suns. Um, he's ever seen anything like this? Like, um, off the top of my head, I do not know of another team that has you know performed at that level without. Uh, uh, not just their best player. I, I, I was, I'm sure there's been a team that's performed that way without their best player, but, I, but not without a player that's so head and shoulders, like, uh, I don't want to say better than his teammates, but like to, to basically to lose one of the elite players in the league and still do this is really, 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 really surprising. Could be wrong. But I believe that 2007 Rockets team that won like 20 something in a row all did it without Yao. Right. Now they had McGrady, who's arguably True. their best player. But I, that's just, I'm just tossing out something that yeah. I, I no, that's a great remember. one. That's a great one. And that's the one I was thinking of as well. Now, San Antonio did this for years. That's the thing is like longevity. I mean, yeah, but also uh, Spurs went out and won. Like, I think they won Duncan's rookie year. First and second year. Because I think they ended up getting the top pick because Robinson got hurt. Remember? Robinson got hurt. They essentially tanked 
they were a better team than uh than than having the number one overall or i mean duncan went number one overall i think he did uh yeah so they were a much better franchise and much better put together team than one that goes one overall they They won they won his second year yeah they essentially tanked got a great player and were immediately good and then over the course of basically his entire career are, you know, one of the best teams in the league win five times. Um, it's a big leap to call anybody the next Spurs, but I absolutely think that even more so than like, you know, a young Phoenix team who was in the NBA finals last year or like a young you know, Mavs team, who's also led by a young superstar. You got to love the future of, of Memphis kind of like, I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to argue the most is of anybody in the league in terms of potential, since they're doing what they're doing and they're so young and they've drafted so well, and they're playing this well without jaw. And it's just like, it's such a team, you know, it's just such team winning. Well, that's, that's, that's exactly what it is. It's team. And that's what but, Spurs did. And and you know, listen, it'd be that'd be awesome if John Morant and Memphis like get a couple championships. But right now, if if you ask me to put my net worth on do the Memphis Grizzlies win five championships in the next 20 years, I'm gonna say no. Yeah, they'd be lucky to win two. But they have the potential to be competitive for a very, 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 very long time. So maybe that's what he means. Yeah. The turnaround has definitely been remarkable. It's one of our great, it's one of the great calls by Tug Coker and I, I sold him on it. I sold him on jaw number one overall. When we watched March madness, he bought, he bought in. And I mean, well, it's, it's, just, it's looking like a no brainer at this you point. You know, it's just such a guard driven league at this point. And and looking back on that pick, it, it's almost wild to think it wasn't an easy number one. You know, again, it's a guard-driven that, that, league. That that's what I say. But everybody, Zion, generational. And you're like, I don't know, aren't point guards like what we're doing? Yeah. Exactly. And that goes any level. It really does. It goes any level. I mean, you go down to the grade school level. If you have a point guard, a kid who can control who knows how to pass, who knows how to score high school, college. You see, you've seen the same thing in the NCAA tournament, right? Yeah. Teams that are advancing far have good guard play. And obviously that's, what's dominated the NBA. And Zion, as we know, obviously is, is just been injured injury prone, but I don't know. It's, it, it, it's, it does look good for them. And they're they're finding guys too that maybe have had uh, been other places that just fit well in their system. Absolutely, like a Stephen Adams or something. Yeah, you know, because you can go out and spend the money on those guys when you're when you're you know the the bulk of your scoring and the bulk of your talent, if you will, is coming out of a draft instead of you know going out and signing a, a big free agent. Yeah. I mean, Steven Adams got paid by them, if I recall. 
but you know, it wasn't, it's not like he was like a max player. Sure. Now their future looks bright and you look at a team like the Lakers and it's just, it's just sad. I'll say like Anthony Davis is blaming the injuries. And then I saw something that I liked on Twitter, you know, he's blaming injuries for this season. And I'm going to read his quote. He, uh, I think the biggest thing that I think about personally is what we could have been had we stayed healthy all year. And then he goes on about him and LeBron and blah, blah, blah. But here's what I want to read this tweet, what I saw. So he's blaming the health games played this season. LeBron 56, Anthony Davis, 38, Paul George, 28, Kawhi zero. The Clippers are way better than the Lakers. Now, I know the Clippers have a better overall roster. Yeah. But I, I just, I don't like the injury. Like, I don't know. My point is those guys haven't had their two stars way less than. Well, the, the bottom have. line is the the Clippers, yeah, have a much better roster. The Lakers are built around LeBron and AD, but the rest of the roster is trash. And the... You know, they let guys go that they could have had cheaper than guys they brought in. And, you know, I I don't think anybody saw I've never been a a Russell Westbrook stand by any means. Um, But I don't think anybody saw him falling off like this. I'm obviously I'm obviously the world's greatest um, Carmelo Anthony hater. And you bring in him, a guy is just going to stand around try to get his own, not play defense, not move without the ball. Like it's just a ter- terribly constructed roster. And that's the one constant too. Those other guys were injured. Russell Westbrook has played every game, but one, which I said, uh, uh the, like the, where I was wrong was I said, you know, Russell Westbrook essentially kind of, in my opinion, brought in to be the guy who could take over games against lowly, you know, the, the shitty teams in the NBA on a random night in January where LeBron's out and AD's out because Russell Westbrook has been competitive on teams where he was essentially the only guy competitive, you know, getting in the playoffs, getting an eight seed, being a nine seed. But like the Lakers, I think are the seventh or eighth worst, worst team in the NBA record wise. They're 31 and 47. Yeah. There's 16 games below 500. Yeah. And essentially completely out of it at this point. I believe they're two games behind the Spurs with like, what, four four to play or something like that. Yeah, they have the eighth worst record out of all the NBA teams. But I think we're seeing this in a lot of teams. Look, look, I know obviously the Brooklyn situation with injuries and Kyrie, but But, they're a 10 seed right now. Right, they're a 10 seed, but what's their record? They're 10 games over 500. No, they're only two over, but still. Okay, two over, but they're, they're 19 games better than the Lakers. The Lakers. Everybody is giving up on the um, Nets. I haven't given up on the Nets entirely. I know there was a time where it was like, oh, you don't want you don't want that Nets in a as a you know if you're the three seed or the two seed, you don't want a six seed or seven seed Nets. And a lot of people are like, now nah, no one gives a shit because they can't stop anybody. And Ben Simmons is nowhere to 
no sign of him playing ever. And Kyrie's fallen off now that he's like not playing once a week and just being like a fucking starting pitcher that comes in once every five days and goes off for 50. But I am not out on Kevin Durant being able to single-handedly essentially win a random playoff series, even against a better team. I'll tell you one thing for sure. Joe Prano's NBA playoff betting zigzag. I'm betting the Nets in game one of whatever series, provided they make it through the play-in round. That would be Miami, right? If Miami holds court with the number one seed? Well, I mean, yeah, but the any team that's in the play-in still has an opportunity to be the seven or eight seed. Oh, okay. I always forget that. I don't think Miami's lost a game since that Butler fight with his coach, with Spolstra. They've won four in a row. I think since that off-the-court squabble, I think. I think they've won every game. Maybe I get where's Brooklyn at right now? Nine? They're ten. They're ten. Okay, so maybe they don't have the they don't have the potential to move up to seven. Because whoever win, loses that seven eight or whoever wins that seven eight game is is seven. I'm getting confused. All these sports, the different changes of the playoffs. Right. Baseball, I don't I like I'm confused. The nine ten, the nine ten seeds have to win two games just to get in. The seven eight seeds have to lose two games to be knocked out. Okay. So the seven eight teams play. The winner of that becomes a seven seed. The eight, the the loser of that game plays the winner of nine ten, and the loser of that is out. So yeah, if Brooklyn finished ten. They wouldn't be able to move up to seven. Gotcha. Well, every team in the East has a winning record that's going to make the playoffs. Not so in the West. Correct. Which, again, it's just, it's just crazy to think how much the Lakers fell off to not be able to beat some of these, to not even make the playoffs. Caruso curse. They may never get back. Ah, I like it. Do people say that? I say it. He was he was playing great for the Bulls. He was. I like the Caruso curse. It's got good alliteration too. He'd be he, who would play if if they were doing like an updated version of Winning Time. Who's Caruso? It's a great question. I know he's a little older, but I wouldn't hate J.K. Simmons. He's just such a great actor. <laughs> J.K. You said he's a little. <laughs> That's unbelievable. I love it. J.K. Simmons. He's probably 40 years older than Alice Caruso. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I don't hate it. Yeah, right? <laughs> Dude, he, he, he might break a hip if he took a charge, even, yeah. even acting. Or like I would go, I mean, I know it's a... Uh, He's 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 got to be two full feet shorter than him, but like a like a Tom Hardy, <laughs> unbelievable. Tom Hardy loves to do like the shaved head thing. He'd have to Tom Hardy's he's got too much muscles though. You shave your head bald. I was born into it. <laughs> <laughs> They're listing him at five nine on Tom Hardy. No way. 
Yeah, Tom Hardy's 5'9 if he's standing on top of fucking his Bane outfit. Hello, Batman. I'm here to take a charge. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know who that was. <laughs> 1920s gangster. Who's the guy who came up with the fucking Daniel Snyder fucking... Yeah, I just came off the top of the book, see? I'm Bane. I'm Bane, see? I'm here to blow up the stadium, see? Bane, see? Everybody get over here, see? If I blow up half the stadium, we can see there was we can say there was 40% less people here. Give the NFL less money. <laughs> Big Ben in that movie. They cut they cut up to him, yeah. remember? Yeah. Hans Ward, some of those other players. I think yeah. uh, Bill Cower. Fun little fun little dork fact. Are you ever going to go to the theater again? That's a, that's a good question. Well, it's funny you should bring that up while talking about a Batman. First of all, I went and saw Jackass in the theater with Eddie Ift when we were in Chicago because uh, we got snowed out and we were like, let's just go see Jackass. And I really wasn't feeling I was like, do we want to we're going to go see fucking Jackass in the theater It was the best decision of Eddie. Eddie, if best decision ever. I mean, it was incredible. Um, but. The fact that you said that I have seen every non Ben Affleck Batman movie that's come out since Michael Keaton's within the first 48 hours that they were in theaters. Like I can almost guarantee that I still haven't seen the Batman. Well, here's the thing. This is why I'm asking because I was having this discussion with my brothers the other day. The new deal that Warner Brothers has with HBO Max gives them 45 days in the theater. Right. And then it goes to HBO. So even the new Batman with Robert Pattinson, that's not that long. So I believe yeah. I believe it goes to HBO Max. I want to say like April 17th or April 18th. So we're just two weeks away. And that's why I asked. You that. would think it is the kind of movie that you'd want to go see in the theater, though, right? Now I've been I've been especially busy, but I mean, any other time in my life, I would have, I would have seen it weeks ago. I know, but I just think overall people don't care in my argument. Now you're definitely, that's what I'm saying though. That's my point is like, you might be right because what otherwise what's the, like, what's my excuse? I I think in general, and now I'm not as big a movie goer as you for sure throughout my life, but my thing, if I hear that it's only 45 days before it comes out on HBO, I'm not going to a theater. Most people have good TVs. They have good sound systems. I know we've talked about this. It's, it's just, I just think it's fascinating that like the whole industry is being turned upside down at this point. Because again, 45 days, like you're saying, you get caught up in life. Like, like at this point, you have two more weeks. Would you wait the two more weeks or would you? Oh, yeah, at this point, I will be because I'll be on the road the next two weeks, Andy. I'll be at uh, Schmiggity's <laughs> in Steamboat Springs this weekend with Eddie F. Friday and Saturday at Schmiggity's. Um, I'll be at uh, the Vale Comedy Show next Thursday, April 14th, uh, potentially with a added uh, day on, on April 13th if we sell out, which Andy Ruther has basically assured us with the Andy Ruther curse. And then April 15th and 16th, we'll be at the Denver Improv. So if you're in Colorado, come on out. 
I have new snowboard boots, new snowboard bindings. I'm going to shred for the first time since my injury early 2020. And uh, we're, we're going to shred the gnar. We're going to shred some comedy. So if you're in Colorado or a nearby area, come out and see me and Eddie in Steamboat Springs or Vail or Denver. All those are available on JoePrano.com. I did that all for you to plug. Thank yourselves. you, Andy. I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's why I did that. Go see him. So if you see Joe, he'll have the money to go see Batman in the theater. That's right. Maybe maybe we'll get snowed out one day and Eddie and I will have to go see the Batman. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I'm I am not going to the theater. I, in fact, I don't think I've been to the theater since before the pandemic. I know for sure. Is that still a thing? Are we still in a are we technically still in a pandemic? I don't know. But we don't have to wear masks anymore. So that's, that's a good sign of no. That that's what I would argue. Anyway, if I said who's coming out of the east and who's coming out of the west right now, can you pick? The west is a lot tougher than the east for me. I think I might still go. I know this is crazy. I think I might still go Milwaukee in the East. I like it. Giannis coming on strong. Um, you know, I, I just think Philly, they might put it together, but a little too erratic for me so far. Boston, I, I, I like an incredible turnaround, but I don't like Boston over Milwaukee. Um. I'm, 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 if you may, if you were like, you have money to bet on one team making it to the NBA finals, I think I'd bet on Milwaukee. Miami, obviously the one seed, but I don't know. I, I'm still on Milwaukee a little bit. I'm going Milwaukee out of the East. Do they play Will Smith's Welcome to Miami during their show or during their games? Uh, and has that been banned now because of the Oscars? I, I don't know. I don't know. Out of the West is tougher for me. I mean, Phoenix is seven games ahead of Memphis. That's the two. I mean, Phoenix is the best record in basketball by you know by far. Se- seven games. Yeah, but, but I'm not a I'm not a believer. You don't think they can make back-to-back finals? I, I think they can. But I, the sneaky Mavs. Mavs? I knew you were going to say but that. I, I, but I'm only going to I mean, they're sneaky, and I kind of like them as an out as like a dark horse to like bet on them to like get there because the odds you'll get. But I don't like love them. I mean, they haven't gotten out of the first round with Luka yet. And I think that's generally how it goes. Like, could I see them making a Western Conference Finals? Yeah. But you got to build somewhere. That being said, like Golden State's been like, you know, Steph Steph played really, really well to start the year. You know, then he went through a bit of a shooting slump. And now he's just like, you know, kind of. You know, he, he's he's certainly not in the MVP conversation, and I think they need him to be. Um, Memphis is just too young. Sure. I mean, 
Jokic is so good, and but Denver a five seed. I mean, Denver's gonna have to play Dallas to start the fucking thing. I don't what about, know. What about what about Nikki D's Utah Jazz? I think they have zero percent chance of making the NBA Finals. Zero. Yeah. I think I think that team is about to be dismantled one way or the other. It's here's the thing. It's going to be the NBA playoffs are going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. I mean, your top your top four in the East: Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, Philadelphia. Let's just say everything goes as planned. That's a fucking pretty amazing second round. Yeah, for sure. Phoenix, Memphis, Golden State, Dallas. I don't think that'll be the four teams. Maybe that. Well. Yes, I do. If I think Dallas has a chance, they're not going to lose to Denver. I mean, but like even like a Minnesota Memphis series, as much as I love Memphis and as much as we just said, like that'll be crazy. I mean, honestly, a Phoenix Clippers series, if if the Clippers end up in an eight seed. Will be a good series. Yeah. Let's see here. When do they when do they start? Saturday, April 16th. I'll be watching. I'll be watching NBA playoffs in the green room of the Denver improv. It's a great blog. Yeah. I'll be watching opening day of baseball on my way to, uh, to steamboat Springs for shows. You mastered the personal plug. (laughs) You've mastered it. That's great. Well, here's a plug for us. Yes, yes, Andy. Those are all great shows for me to poop on. <laughs> Dude, vis- visual bits. The hotline 310-359-8365. Give us a ring. We're going to keep today's show a little short. I just got one quick call to play. Great. Besides, besides the other ones we've played. So last week, I actually I could play a second one, but I don't know if I want to get into that. Last week I told everybody I had a dream, right? I had a dream where there's a tiger chasing me. Yeah. And you said that could be Tiger Woods. I said it could be a Bengal tiger. We have a dirt ball who wants to break down my dream. Now, before we get into that, I just want to bring this up. And this is not, this is just I'm just throwing it out there, but like since we were just brought up Tiger Woods. Are we are we putting out the tug signal again for a Masters preview? I mean, I put it out for the tournament. And he said, I'm too busy. He said, fuck your couch. Yeah. That's what he said. He basically went full Rick James. Yeah. He seemed a little too busy. Okay. I mean, I have no problem putting out the tug signal again. I mean, maybe we just let the dirt balls do it. Like, if you guys want to tug on, maybe just tweet a tug. Tug. Tug watch, tugger watch. Yeah. Is that Uh, this weekend? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, here's a dirt ball dissecting my tiger dream. Hey guys, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Uh, Not to piss off Ruther, but I think it's very obvious what his dream means. It's a tiger, right? 
not just a tiger. It's a Bayou Bengal tiger. And that tiger is Joe Burrow. And throughout your whole dream, you think that the tiger's trying to kill you. That tiger just wants to love you, Luther. It's time for you to love him back. Get put your faith in the Bengals again. That tiger just wants to love you. All right, boys, stay dirty. All right, so I like this theory. It, this tiger is trying to get you, not to pull you into its cave and devour you, but to make you a part of its clan. It's going to drag you in with the rest of the tigers and paint your face like you're at a seven-year-old girl's birthday party. You are, you are now one of us tigers, is what that tiger is trying to say. It's like the jungle book. That tiger wants to raise you. Well, look. I have been very open about how great I think Joe Burrow is and he's the real deal. And they, again, I, I said this last episode, I think he's been the most important athlete to the city of Cincinnati in my lifetime. I mean, that says a lot, 40 years. Again, guys, it's complicated. Like, like you just can't get back on when you've just been, fed a bad meal year after year after year or cheated on year after year after year. I will say they are spending money as an organization. It looks like they are doing the right things. Now, Mike Brown is in his mid to late eighties. So obviously his family maybe has figured it out. Who's calling the shots, but it's not going to be easy. That's all I'm saying. You have an option. I mean, even now you jump back on, you're kind of a bandwagon jumper. A hundred percent. They they play well next year. You you basically can never jump back on. So essentially it's over. You're, you're never <laughs> you're never a Bengals fan again. Unless they unless Joe Burrow, you know, goes full look, of cars well, and look, Palmer. Well, look, look, my thing has been open. It's again, it's been it's been about Mike Brown, Mike Brown, Mike Brown, Mike Brown. I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing it. It's been about him. I mean, who knows? You know, there's a lot of talk in town about would they stay if they didn't get, you know, the stadium deal, blah, 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 all this stuff, the leverage. These NFL owners are smart, how they do it. I don't know. I just do. I knew this much. He's in year three. He's got a couple more years on that rookie deal. You got to win now. Yeah. That's what I do know, whether it's the Bengals or any other team. I'll tell you one thing. Bengals don't have $500 million to put in escrow for Joe Burrow. <laughs> I was just going to say, if they, if they did, they would add a fucking indoor facility. Yeah. I was just going to say that. And again, you could put all those young teams. Like I said, the, the Bengals, the chargers, all those teams with young QBs that don't have the money to put in escrow. You better win now because if you don't, you're screwed. And by the way, the new Bill Stadium, which was approved, we haven't even talked about it, which is fine. Eight hundred million of that is coming from public money. Eight hundred million. I know the people of Cincinnati are not going to pay for that shit again because they already did it for the Reds and Bengals twenty years ago. So I don't know. We'll see. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, as we all know. The AFC and the AFC North is going to be a lot of fun. Who knows? I do want to see if Deshaun Watson gets suspended. That'd be interesting. I don't know where I'm leaning. Anyway, give us a ring. 310-359-8365. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. I'm an Andy Ruther. 
Joe has various social medias you can follow him on. I'm at Joe Prano on all of my social media, except for Twitter, where I'm Fix Your Life. I gave you those Colorado dates before. Um, I'll be there, and then I'll be in New York uh, the April 21st to May 5th. Keep an eye on my social media for shows in the New York City and surrounding areas. But like I said before, and like I'll say again, follow me on everything. And uh, if you're in Colorado, come to some of my shows. Cool. All right, guys, that's the show. Drink Miller Lite like Joe's showing. Support us. Support our friends at Miller Lite. Support Miller all Lite just sent me a fanny pack. I got one, too. Man. Did you get I, a six-pack, a fanny pack, and a pair of socks? I did. I'm going to tweet that out. Yeah. Did uh, did it, Does the six-pack fit in the fanny pack? Do beers fit in the fanny I, I don't know, but I'm going to find out right now. Yeah, you should. You should check it out. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty.